The Last Word with Matt Cooper. And so it's time to go to the United States to our favourite correspondents, Marion McKeown and Cal Thomas. And Cal, a happy 4th of July to you. Does it mean a lot to you, Thank the 4th you. of July, Cal? Well, this year is going to be a little different in America because uh, many cities are uh, using drones instead of the traditional fireworks. Uh, the reasons given are that it's uh, the exploding fireworks scare pets, uh, uh, foul the environment, and contribute to climate change. But some of the pictures I've seen are pretty spectacular, so I'm looking forward to see how this plays out. Yes, we are now 247 years old, simply a blink of the eye when it comes to Ireland, but we like to celebrate this every year because it is a unique American holiday. It is, but does it make you feel more patriotic? We know there's a new survey I just saw today of Gallup poll saying that uh, fewer uh, Americans, Republicans and Democrats, feel the same uh, pride in America that they did after 9-11 when 86%, according to the Gallup poll, uh, said that they were extremely proud to be Americans. I think a lot of this has to do with what's taught or not taught in the schools about our history. If you constantly teach that America is no better than any other country, like Obama said when he did his apology tour in Cairo, Egypt, and other countries, or that we are uh, continue to experience the stain of systemic racism and slavery, and you teach that in your schools and your universities, then a certain number of people are going to come to accept it, which I think is too bad. What do you make of that, Marion? Do you say in all the years that you've been in the United States, do you sense a decline in the pride in being a citizen of the United States? Uh, I sense that there's, you know, I love the 4th of July. It's a great holiday. It's great fun with or without fireworks. I'm looking forward to seeing the drones too. There are certain areas now where fireworks would be would be just crazy because parts of America are so dry, so parched, apart from the, the toxins that they put into the air that, it, it, you know, you're, you're asking to start a, a fire like in Canada almost. So um, I think it's fine to have no fireworks. Look, it's a holiday here. It's a holiday where everyone just, you know, gets out their barbecue, has a bit of fun um, and, you know, friends, families all gather together. There's nothing wrong with that. I disagree with Cal, though. I think that, you know, you're saying that... The, the, Surely Americans who can learn from the past, who admit, look, slavery was wrong, what we did to the Native Americans was absolutely atrocious, um, can move on and make America a better country, like sticking your head in the sand and going, no, 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 we're all great. It's something that really only applies to white Americans anyway. I don't think all Americans feel that that um, America has been that great all the time, although it is a great country. But um, I don't see why Americans have to believe that it's a better country than anywhere else. You know, I'm Irish. I don't believe Ireland is a better country than anywhere else in the world. I believe it's a great country. That's good enough for me. Um, so, I, I, you know, I think, I think it's all getting confused in politics. There's nothing wrong with celebrating America, but um, I don't think, you know, it has to get into blaming the teachings in schools or anything like that for how Americans feel. Americans are always a bit chippy, you know, depending on where, what side of the fence they're looking in on. So um, I just think celebrate it, enjoy it, and let's not get too political about it. Well, let's move to the culture wars, so which seem to be consuming American politics these days. And let's start, Cal, with legacy college admissions, because this is something now that has been targeted, that uh, you have people largely who are white 
benefiting from going to the universities that their parents or grandparents went to, possibly at the exclusion of those from other ethnic backgrounds who do not have the same the long history in going to third-level institutions. What do you make of this? Absolutely, absolutely right, Matt. And it's uh, another form of discrimination. Uh, Harvard, our most famous university in America, I guess you could say, uh, released uh, years of records as part of the lawsuit that ended up before the Supreme Court. And it said legacy students were eight times more likely to be admitted to Harvard, and nearly 70% of them were white. And, uh, you know, this just goes against the the highfalutin uh, attitude of a lot of uh, university people and people on the left who claim to be against discrimination. I also mention, I would also mention that speaking of discrimination, the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences recently announced that it's going to require filmmakers who wish their movies to be considered for Oscars to abide by a diversity, equity, and inclusion standard or be denied the opportunity for a an Academy Award. This is just another incident of uh, double standards from the left, and if they didn't have double standards, they'd have no standards at all. I'll come back to you on the Academy in a second, but on the universities thing, Marion, it does strike me that many of the people who argue against what they call positive discrimination have been themselves the beneficiaries of it on the basis of their colour or their economic background. Of course, you know, uh, the, the, the reason America is in a, such uproar at the moment about, and this is a terrible decision, by the way, uh, by the court, one of many, you know, uh, but um, is that affirmative action has existed for rich white men forever since America started. Since, you know, so, you know for, so we'll say for 247 years, affirmative action for men, for wealthy white men has always existed in America and they feel it's being chipped away when they're told, no, 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 you, it can't be you first all the time. What about these other people? Um, I, we can give you two examples and it's not to single out particular individuals. Jared Kushner. Jared Kushner went to school in New York. His school teachers openly said he was not the brightest knife in the drawer. Let's just put it that way, that he was not college material, never mind Harvard material. His father wrote a check for 10 million to Harvard and Jared Kushner got straight into Harvard, even though he had none of the qualifications other than a rich father. Okay, uh, George W. Bush went to Yale as a legacy student. By his own admission, he would never have got into Yale otherwise. But his father went, his grandfather went. And even though he was, to put it politely, not academic, he went as a matter of course. So, you know, why should these dumb guys who just happen to be rich and white get places in, in prestigious colleges at the expense of people who are much smarter but who just don't happen to be as wealthy, whether they're black, white, Asian or anything else. You know, so um, I, I think absolutely legacy admissions should be banned. I think it's appalling for the Supreme Court. Uh, I, I know Neil Gorsuch vaguely raised it in his in his uh, judgment, but that they will strike down affirmative action, but they will leave affirmative action for rich white people in place which is far more prevalent, by the way. See, Carl, this isn't an issue of left and right. This is an issue of right and wrong. Well, it is on several levels, Matt. I agree with Marion on the uh, legacy issue. I think it is terrible, and uh, it just shows that if you've got the money and if you've got the influence and you've got the power, you have advantages over other people. But let's uh, let's uh, speak about uh, the the effect on people of color, especially African Americans. Uh, the solution to raise them up to the level of uh, merit for many of them who are trapped 
in failing public schools is to offer their parents school choice. If you can send your child to a private school, even a religious school, as many members of Congress do with their children and grandchildren while denying that right to other people, then that will lift all boats and give people an equal opportunity to be admitted to some of these universities should they choose to go to go there. Uh, one of the, the major groups being discriminated against in this country are Asian Americans who apparently have a much finer work ethic and uh, family backgrounds and other things that put them on the fast track to success. But Harvard and other uh, elite institutions have denied them uh, admission, favoring others who had less academic qualifications because they wanted to sign off on this diversity, equity, and inclusion business. That's unfair to Asian Americans. It ought to be based on merit. Now, the Supreme Court decision did allow in the essays that students are required to write, many of them, for admission, that they can bring up their circumstances, growing up poor or whatever, as one of the uh, excuses or uh, uh, reasons why they think they should get some special consideration by the admissions director. And that's fine with me as well. Okay, let's go back to another Supreme Court decision. Marion, tell us about this one uh, from Friday, where a web designer in Colorado uh, had upheld her claim to a First Amendment right to refuse to design wedding websites for same-sex couples, despite the fact there's a state law in Colorado that forbids discrimination against gay people. Yeah, um, you know, again, this is another just appalling and frankly depressing decision um, made by this Supreme Court, this conservative majority. And again, it's a 6-3 vote. Uh, look, back in 1964, there was a case uh, which prevented um, hotels from refusing black people admission to hotels, from refusing to take black customers on the base of the colour of their skin. And the, back in 1984, that was decided. It was the um, Heart of Atlanta Motel, I think. Versus the United States, and it said that hotels don't have the right to discriminate against black guests, and that was kind of the standard from then on. If you run a commercial business, if you run any kind of business, whether it's a cake shop, whether it's a website, whether it's a hotel, um, you don't get to say, uh, "Sorry, I'm not allowing you to be a customer because I don't happen to like black people, or I don't happen to like gay people, or gay couples, or whatever." And basically, the Supreme Court has overturned this and said that if you run a business, you can in fact discriminate. You can say to a couple who wants um, a website for their wedding, as is in this case, um, except for the couple didn't exist, and I will get into that. We'll get back to Um, that in a moment. Just go stay with the the core issue, and we'll get back to that in a second. Sure. So the court has now decided that they struck down the Colorado law that said that you cannot... um, what they're saying is force people who run a business to to provide services to people whose practices, gay marriage in this case, run against their religious beliefs. It's just absolute nonsense. And the um, the, the, the uh, Supreme Court, again, Neil Gorsuch cited an example. He said, what if a Muslim movie director is forced to make a film with a Zionist message? It's just such a phony comparison, you know, um, our, because it, not, it doesn't make sense. It's not on all fours with what's being decided. And again, it's... It's just being used as an opportunity for the Supreme Court to impose its evangelical beliefs on the rest of the country. What do you make of all that, Cal? 
Well, uh, what about a kosher restaurant? I want bacon with my eggs or pork sausage. The restaurant regards these as unclean and against Jewish law. Is that discrimination? Of course it is. There are other restaurants, though, for me to patronize that will allow bacon or sausage on my plate. And there are other websites and cake makers that will provide services for same-sex couples. Uh, the, the Colorado law is overbroad. It does not allow for conscience or religious convictions. But the other thing that's interesting about this uh, case Matt and Marion, is that the plaintiff, Lori Smith, uh, did not create the website yet. She said she wanted to test whether it would be allowed before creating the website because she was afraid of the reaction. So she went to court without uh, any evidence of damage to herself or to her business. I find that rather uh, unique in jurisprudence, and I'm wondering if the court, uh, if it's faced with another case like this, will revisit it. I think that's the point you wanted to get to, Marion, because how can you actually make a decision on a hypothetical rather than something that has actually happened? Well, that's my biggest concern. It's it's an even bigger concern about this case, quite frankly, that she had no legal standing and her lawyers, uh, one of whom is Josh Hawley's wife, the, who took the case on her behalf and funded it, uh, an evangelical Christian group, had no standing and they kind of fabricated a couple um, at the state level. But the point is that the Supreme Court, which has a right to refuse to take any case at once, it can say, no, we're not taking that, could easily have said, look, we can take this case. There's no standing. You actually haven't even set up your business yet. So why don't you go off and wait until your business is set up and wait until a gay couple actually comes and asks for your services and then come back to us. But instead of that, the Supreme Court did a preemptive strike. And that is so wrong, as Carl says, from from not just from a jurisprudence point of view, but from an ethical point of view. So that means that any, any American now who sees something they don't like can pony up a case um, and go to the Supreme Court. And on the basis that they've already decided a case with no victim, essentially, uh, they can do it again. One other thing I want to talk to you both about. Cal, who does Joe Biden think Russia has invaded? <laughs> well, Matt, over and over again, he says it's a, it's Iraq. He says that his uh, his late son fought uh, in in Iraq and died there. Uh, it's just one uh, instance after another that is causing now even mainstream uh, media, the Hill among others, recently to question his uh, cognitive abilities. And it's it's not just the occasional flub that we all make. It is regular and it is consistent, and it's very troubling. And even a majority of Democrats in all the polls you read say that they don't want Biden to run for re-election. And I think that's why you're seeing California Governor Gavin Newsom uh, traversing the country, saying that he's going to support Joe Biden, but he's making all these speeches as if he was a candidate. I think he is the uh, the fallback position for Democrats should Biden choose not to run for whatever reason. See, Marion, it's not just Cal who's been saying that in this program. We had the novelist Richard Ford in here the week before last, and Richard is pushing towards 80 as well, and he's going that Joe Biden is simply too old to be doing this job, that the Democrats have to find somebody else in a better frame of mind. 
You know, there are concerns about his age, absolutely. And, and you know, he does make missteps and he does make gaffes. Uh, but I would argue that he's been doing those. I've been covering Joe Biden for more than two decades. He's been doing those since the very first time I met him. Uh, so, but, I, there, but there is concern, and, uh, you know, amongst Democrats that he is too old. Uh, I would point out that, George, uh, that Donald Trump would be 78 or 79 if he won as well. So America is choosing between two pretty old guys. Um, I, I'm interested in what you said, Cal, about Gavin Newsom. Now, Gavin Newsom is very good friends with Joe Biden. He will never run against Joe Biden. He will never do a Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Um, and, and challenge him. But I think that if something were to happen, um, and I'm interested in whether or not what would happen with Kamala Harris. So I think one of the concerns that the Democrats have is, like, as vice president, presumably if there were to be a primary, she could run against Newsom and everybody else, and everybody would take their chances. But I think Americans at the moment are thinking, well, if something does happen to Joe Biden in the second term, do we want Kamala Harris as vice president? And the fact is, she is not polling well for various reasons, but she is not polling well. And I think that Americans and Democrats are concerned about that. So maybe Joe Biden may pick a, se- a different running mate. Who knows? But at the moment, it seems very much like it's him and Kamala Harris. And I think that Democrats are not entirely happy with that. Thank you very much. Marion McKeown and Carl Thomas. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.